0: last week, and, and I invited you to redeem Christmas, because for many of us, Christmas is, is very cultural. We, we celebrate Christmas, It's, it's we, we do things that, that we, we don't even know why we do them, it's just what we do at Christmas, and there's a, a lot of busy, I mean, my wife and I have had to sit down three times and go over our schedule for the next two weeks, because it is just that busy, and so much of the busyness is really, if we're honest, we don't even know why. It's just, well, I got to go to that office Christmas party, and oh, I, I just, this is what we always do, we always do that, and we don't know why. But to redeem something, this is good, to redeem is to bring something under the authority of the Word of God and into obedience of God's will. Some of us, we, we need redemption and other, we need to redeem our marriage, we need to redeem our career, right? But, but this Christmas, I'm inviting you to bring Christmas under the authority of God's word and into obedience to God's will because too often when it comes to to, to things that we celebrate and we do, we can just get to a place where we, we just reject it, right? We, that's what we live in. We live in a world where if you don't do something that I agree with or you say something that I don't like, I'm just going to cancel you, get out of my life, don't ever be around me again. And, and that's, that, if, if we're honest, that's not really a representation of the gospel. We don't want to blindly receive it either. We don't want to just say, whatever it is, I'm just going to do it because that's what we've always done. All right, we want to redeem it. Because when we, even when we blindly receive things, we don't know why we do it. We just do it because it's what we've always done. It's a lot like sleepwalking. And we talked last night or, or last week about, about sleeping and how sometimes we can live in such a way that it's a lot like we're asleep. And that's why in Ephesians 5 Paul quotes from Isaiah, the the prophet in the Old Testament, and he says, This is why it said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And last week I I invited you to wake up and look up, not just wake up and, and look inside not just wake up and look around no wake up and look up that's how we know that we're waking up that we're looking into the things of God we're asking God to give us direction why because that that's who Christ is that's exactly who uh, when Paul writes then it's like wake up o sleeper for true light has come and I, and I love that how uh, John who, who was the best friend of Jesus in his gospel Talks about Christmas, and he says the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. That's Christmas, the, the dawning of real light. And you know that, like, it, it, unless you have those blackout curtains, I don't know if you have those. We've done that before. We just put, you know, I just want my room dark in the morning. I don't want any light. But if, but if you you don't have those, and you just have natural light that comes into your room, it, it's the best way to wake. We are made. To wake up when light comes in the room. That's where our bodies are. It's really natural for you to do that. And so, uh, when 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 this is said that that Christmas is when light can Christmas is is in the sense it's the dawn of the light of Christ. This, that's really why we need Christmas. That's why we need it because Christmas is a wake up call to a world that's sleeping. And and I want you to hear this because this is. I, just as your pastor, I want to speak this over you. I, I want you to wake up this Christmas. Now, now, here's the thing: is that sometimes you can be in church, and we we can be kind of like oversaved, you know, and be like, "That's not for me. I'm already, I'm already." No, it, that's for everybody here. That's for every, It's for me. It's for you. I mean, there there are areas in your life that you need to wake up. And and I I believe that really, if we could just say, God, I'm not going to make Christmas uh, about traditions. I I want everything that I do, I want to seek you in it. I believe this could be the most profound time of your life with God. It could really, I, I believe that. I'm, and I'm, I believe if you said, hey, God, I want to I wanna see you in the presents I give. I want to see you in the meals that we share. I want to see you in the movies that we watch. God, I want to seek you in everything. One of the verses that's been so powerful for me and my family over this past season has been Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know that God never promises fruit when we're half-hearted. But there is fruit, there is benefit that is promised when we say, I'm going all into this. Everything I do this Christmas, God, I'm going to come after you. I'm going to seek, we have a meal. God, I'm going to praise you that you can turn grass into steak. What an amazing miracle. That's amazing, right? Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's something worth praising God over. Right, God, I'm going to praise you when I get around my friends. Thank you for the richness of relationships. God, I'm going to praise you when I give some gifts to my kids and I see their faces light up, and I'm going to look around and see all that you've given. I'm just going to seek you this Christmas in everything. And when we do that, man, God God shows up. Last week, we talked about Joseph, right? Think about it. Joseph is espoused and uh, in, in betrothed to Mary, uh, there's been an agreement. It's not like our engagements today. That They're in the, the middle between that agreement and the time that there's a ceremony to consummate it. He's kind of home doing the work to get ready to bring her back to his house and, and all of that. And so in the middle of that, she shows up. And I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm pregnant. But it wasn't by a guy. It was by the Holy Spirit. And there would be very little that would change my mind about that, right? Just as a guy. No no, I know there's no, Medical science has not changed in 2,000 years. There's one way you get pregnant. All right, I'm pretty sure they knew that in the first century, all right? But somehow, in the middle of the night, when he's asleep, when he's confused and he's lost, God showed up. And you know what? I think that's the simplest message of christmas it's the, the the simplest message of christmas is that god shows up god shows up have, have you ever been there? You you knew you, you weren't doing things right. You knew that you had made a mess. You knew that you'd blown it. You, you sinned, right? And, and all of a sudden, what happens? We, we get down on our knees. God, I need you to show up. I need you to be there. I've sinned. I've caused a mess. And then what does God do? God shows up. Think about this question. Has God ever... Shown up in your life? Maybe you you lost a job. And and in all honesty, maybe it was just a a company reorganization or something happened and that position was cut, but you lost your job. And and you got down on your knees and you prayed. And and right now, you're, you're living in the fruit of what you prayed for. God gave you a job. God showed up. Have you ever been there where you were you you're dealing with your kids and you you don't know what to do you you you're, you're, you're kind of shaken by something that's happened and you you get down on your knees and you pray God I need you I need you to show up and, and what happens God God shows up. May, maybe you were at a point in life when things were so messed up and so broken and so lost, and you and you just prayed and you said God I need you I need you and what happens. God showed up. Has God ever shown up for you? For most of us, that's our testimony. I was there. I've been, I personally, I've been there. I've, I've been in those moments. I've been in that time when, when it just, it feels so lost, and it feels so broken, and it feels so, uh, everything just feels messed up. And then you, And then somehow in the middle of that, God shows up. Have you ever thought about this? This is such a good question. When does God show up? When? Are are there times in our lives when God is more naturally going to show up? It's the message of Christmas that God indeed shows up. But are there times? And I'm going to take you to a text. And I'm going to show you today out of the Christmas story that there are some times that God naturally has preordained to show up in our lives. We're going to Luke chapter 2. I love Luke chapter 2, okay? When, when I was a kid and we used to get together with my mom's side of the family, my grandma would read Luke chapter 2 and we would, we would dress up and act it out. I mean, we were shepherds and we had bath towels wrapped around our heads, You know, I mean, it was like, you know, we don't have a baby right now, so the four-year-old, you can act like the baby. It was fun, but I can't read Luke chapter 2 without thinking about my grandmother and hearing her voice. And, you know, the the background as it starts out is the the Roman Empire had decreed a census. That's what the, the text says, which means there was a law, and all around the world in the Roman Empire's territories, they had required everybody legally to show up, and you were to go to your ancestral hometown and when you got there you were to be counted and it, and it was the, the government's attempt to try to understand where their populations were. And so Joseph being from the house of David, had to get up from Nazareth and take his wife and take Mary and, and they went to Bethlehem to, to be counted. And then in the after we kind of hear that story, In verse 8, it starts this way. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. When suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. Now stop there. I love this because this shows us how fragile we are. That when God starts doing something new, it is real easy for us in our hearts to get scared, to get terror. That's exact, I mean, literally, the presence of God as angels fill the sky is showing up, and their initial response is not joy, it's not awe, it's fear. And the first words out of the angel's mouth are, don't be afraid. In other words, when God starts to move in your life and God starts to do something, you don't have to be afraid. Notice what he says after. Don't be afraid, for I bring you good news. You know that word, but you don't know that you know that word. You know that when we talk about the stories of Jesus, we talk about the gospel of Mark and the gospel of Matthew and the gospel of Luke and the gospel of John. And the word gospel is actually the word that's used there. It's good news. That's literally what that word means. When we read about it, it is the good news about Jesus according to Mark, the good news about Jesus according to Matthew it is good news and you want to know what today for every person in this room today Jesus is still good news he is still good news and when we receive that good news and we see it for what it is what we do is we find great joy the, the angel continued the Savior yes the Messiah has been born today in Bethlehem the city of David and you will recognize him by this sign you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, laying in a manger. I think it's so amazing that the Messiah doesn't show up as a warrior, but he shows up as a baby. Isn't that interesting? Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. It's as if heaven just spills over into earth and the angels are praising. This is an amazing moment. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, now, this is uh, an important takeaway. Uh, they, they could have just said, wow, wow that was an amazing thing. We, but they didn't stop, which is what they, they wanted to participate in it. They wanted to get active with it. They wanted to go see what God has done. And sometimes it's not enough just to hear about it. It's not enough just to even believe it. we got to get up and we got to go see it. That's exactly what they did. So they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, what the angel had said. And, 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 and to them about this child, and all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them all. Now, these are shepherds. These are, sh- these are not noblemen. They're, they're, not, they're not businessmen. Th- these are working guys. They're, they're, they're guys who show up just to go to work. And they're not even first-shift shepherds. They're second-shift shepherds they got to go to work at night, okay? They're they're there at night. And you want to know what happens in this moment? The guys who nobody listened to, all of a sudden, because of what God had done, now everybody is listening to them. The guys who had no influence now have influence. Jesus, in the message of Jesus, has flipped it all upside down. So watch what happens. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen. It was just as the angel had told them. I, w- I want to think about this question. Where in our life does God show up? When in our life does God show up? And, and I think that our, our cultural expectations about this betray us a little bit. Because we're a little bit like that story of, of, of Martha and Mary. You know that Mar- Martha, Jesus has shown up at their house. He was a little bit unannounced. Martha feels like she's got to get the whole place clean and orderly and organized. If it's not that, I, I can't enjoy it. Jesus, we don't even deserve for you to be here, but Mary's just sitting at his feet, right? Our cultural expectations of encountering God is we think God shows up in the extraordinary. I mean, it's got to gotta be on top of a mountain with the light snow falling, with the right kind of coffee, the right kind of worship music playing in the background. And then, maybe then, God will show up. But if you're taking notes today, I want you to hear this. God shows up in the ordinary. God shows up in the ordinary. I believe that we are missing places in our lives where God wants to show up. Did you notice that first verse? Let's look at it again. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. They didn't do anything. They weren't even praying for it. They just showed up to work to watch some sheep. It's not a fun job. It's a dirty job. It doesn't have a lot of rewards to come with it. But there they are. They just showed up to work. And when they showed up to work, God showed up while they were there. God doesn't need your extraordinary. He wants your ordinary. He wants your ordinary. He wants the moments in your life that you've overlooked and you said there's no way that God's going to show up in that. I hate my drive to work. It's an hour of boring mess and traffic. I hate folding clothes. It's so boring. I don't even like doing it. I don't even like washing dishes and cooking. God shows up. In the ordinary, when you're willing to surrender your ordinary to Him, God will turn your ordinary into something extraordinary. What, what's something in your life right now that that's over that that's it, it's just ordinary, but you're overlooking it. Maybe you're even despising it. What's that thing for you right now? Because I want you to hear this: God shows up in the ordinary here's another place that we see this in this message that God shows up God shows up when it gets dark God shows up when it gets dark in in the very first verse verse that that we were looking at just now it said what that the the shepherds were guarding their flocks that night right it was nighttime and I don't know if you're maybe like I've been there before and maybe in this season, you you feel like there was there's been times in life where the sun was shining on me, and everything felt like rainbows and unicorns, right? And that's just not right now. I feel like the sun has dawned. I feel like in 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 a metaphor, the the, the season of my life that I'm living through feels a little bit like a night. in, in John 1. John opens the Gospel of John, the good news about Jesus. According to John, he opens it this way. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And just a little bit later, he's going to say "And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This Jesus, Jesus is the word of God embodied. He was with God in the beginning through him. All things were made without him. Nothing was made that has been made in him was life and that light was what it was light of all the light of all mankind and notice this the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it now here's the thing about darkness darkness is simply defined as the absence of light it's the absence of light and it's real common for for things uh, around this time of year to feel like it gets dark. How many of y'all are are just tired of getting home at 5:30 and it's already dark, right? And I mean, it's it's not it is not fun, right? This time of year. Y'all, I just want like an hour to send my kids outside so they'll just wear themselves out before it's bedtime. But but that's the the time that we're living in. And and John reminds us that that though things might feel dark, That the light of Christ within us, that light overcomes darkness. And I I want you to hear this today. Because many of us, when we go into this season, we deal with things like anxiety and depression. If you're dealing with anxiety and depression right now, God will show up in your darkness. I do not say that lightly. I don't say that passively. I say that as as somebody who's walked through seasons of clinical depression and clinical anxiety. I've been there. And I want you to know that when you go through that, God will show up in your darkness. He will. God has a purpose. It, it, It might feel very difficult. It might feel challenging. But God has a purpose in that season. One of the verses that that I clung to in some of those seasons was this it's Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 don't be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition which means I pray about it and then I give it to God I pray and and petition God with thanksgiving which means I'm thankful I won't choose to be thankful for the things I have present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus now please hear what i'm about to say is so many people who have never been through this will look at somebody who's struggling with anxiety and just say well well listen the bible says not to be anxious about anything you just need to stop it and you want to know what i see in this verse i see in this verse somebody who met god in the middle of their anxiety it's not a verse that comes from impracticality it's it's from somebody who lived that out who who actually went through a season where their body was constantly telling them to be anxious about everything but then they got down on their knees and got before God and put it all in God's hands and then God did something that only God can do that there was a peace that was not circumstantial, it was the peace of God which in this verse we're told surpasses every thing I've ever understood about peace that and when I did it when I actually let it go and I put it in God's hands that God showed up God showed up in my darkness God was there and he met me and now I know when those feelings come around and i walk through that season I know how to deal with it I've been there God showed up is there a darkness right now for you that you can encounter God in. Because I want you to know today that God meets us. God shows up in our darkness. And lastly, this is so good, that God shows up when we live out our calling. When you're exactly where God's called you to be, when you show up where God God said, I want you there, and you go, I'm going to be there. When you say God, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not gonna be there half-hearted, I'm gonna be there wholehearted, I'm just gonna show up and I'm gonna give you everything I got. Far too many of us, when we we're trying to live life half heartedly, and when we show up half hearted, we don't get the true blessings of God. We will see, we will find Him when we seek Him with our whole heart. And God wants us, He has a calling on every one of your lives. Every one of you have a call. And that's not just like to show up at church on a Sunday morning. Some of y'all got a calling to show up tomorrow as a nurse, as a teacher, as an administrative assistant, as a preschool teacher. God's got all kinds of callings in this room. And when we show up to live out our calling, God shows up for us. Psalm 37, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when? He delights in his way, which means if your greatest delight is not God, you might take some steps in life that are not ordained by God. And I and just—I said this in the first service, and, and I need you to hear. Like, our greatest delight, like, our kids are good things. I love my kids. But your kids were never meant to be your greatest delight. You you give them long enough, they'll break your heart, okay? And they're going to leave one day. Your spouse might be amazing, okay? I hope they are, and I hope you love each other. I hope that you have a good marriage. But no matter how good it is, your spouse can never be your greatest delight. They will never live up to your expectations. Jesus alone is supposed to be your greatest delight. And when he is, when we delight in the Lord, when we say, God, my life is for you. It's not for all of these things, not my career. It's not for my friends. God, my greatest delight is you. He ordains our steps. And look what it says, that though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand, which means that we might even trip along the way. But if I'm following God, even when I trip, he's going to hold me up. This is good. It's good news. God is faithful to lead you where he needs you to be. If you'll follow him. Isn't that what the shepherds did? All they did was show up for work. That was it. Just here to watch some sheep. I'm not even a first shift shepherd. I'm a second shift shepherd. And here I am at night. I don't know what's gonna to happen tonight. It's smelly, it's not fun, it's sheep, they're stupid and they're mean, but here I am. I'm here to do my job. And all of a sudden, God showed up. It was something ordinary. Have you been missing God in the ordinary? Have you been missing God in the ordinary? Have you? It's been is there things in your life that are really really ordinary that you've been i want you to see a principle that's here in this story that god shows up when you show up to work isn't that what happened with the shepherds they just hey i'm just here to work i'm just here for my job and they showed up to work and then god showed up i I don't know if you're here and, and and maybe you you share a little bit of those sunday night blues that's the cultural thing we talk about right we get to Sunday night and I'm sad I gotta go back to work tomorrow May, maybe if you show up to work with all your heart wholehearted in that moment God I, I'm just I'm, I'm gonna give everything I got I'm, I'm gonna be fully present I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna put all my heart in this Maybe I want you to hear this God is going to meet you there but this isn't just about your job. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage, and I want you to hear what I'm about to say. If you'll stop blaming your spouse and stop blaming all the circumstances around your marriage, and you'll just say, hey, I'm here to show up and do the work, God will meet you there. God will meet you in that moment. Might not solve the problem, but I promise you that God will meet you. God will meet you. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe you just don't know what to do. You're struggling as a parent. You're struggling. You just, God, I I don't know. If you'll stop blaming your kids and stop blaming your spouse and stop blaming their friends and just say God you called me to be their mom, God you called me to be their dad, I'm not going to outsource that to somebody else I'm going to be who you called me to be, I'm going to live out that calling, I'm going to show up in my family and I'm going to do the work that you gave me to do, I'm going to lead them, I'm going to love them, I'm going to guide them, I'm going to point them to you, I promise if you'll show up and do the work, God's Gonna show up in your family, maybe it's even your home. I don't, is there anybody in here who's just tired of leaves? I mean, geez, where do they all come from? I mean, I don't even—I don't get it. We don't have that many trees in our yard, but there's millions of leaves that keep coming, and I'm just tired of blowing them off and cleaning that off. I'm just tired of it. Maybe for you, it's laundry. Some of y'all just be like, yeah, I don't like to do laundry. And the rest of us are going, yeah, we know because we've been to your house and saw your couch covered in laundry. (laughs) Maybe it's dishes and you you like to cook, but you don't like to clean. I want you to know that God shows up in the ordinary. And I think sometimes the enemy comes at us to rob us from that. He'll even... Try to tempt you into believing that, yeah, I'm just not a laundry person. I'm not. Is that even a thing? Have you bought into the lie that says that's not me? And what you're actually doing is you're missing out on God showing up? Can I just use laundry? I didn't tell this story in the first service, but somebody needs to hear this. I had a friend who had cancer. I had a friend who had cancer. This is no joke. And they were going through chemo. And radiation, and they were very sick, and they would literally get out the towels out of their bathroom and mess them up so that they could fold them again, because she said, when, when, when I settle down and I focus on that discipline, God meets me in peace. There, there's a peace that comes in that, and sometimes I'm just in so much pain that I need are you, are you missing out on God showing up? Ha, have you been missing God in the darkness? M- maybe right now you're you're going through a, a tough season. And, and I, I mentioned it earlier, but I just want to talk about it. Depression and, and anxiety. You know, the thing is, is that if we were in the fall or the spring and, and, and one of you had, had a little sniffles and you were sneezing, we, we'd have no problem saying, hey, you need to take some Claritin for that, right? You, you got a sinus infection, you need to go to the doctor, you got that green junk coming out your nose. And we'd have no problem with somebody taking some Claritin or taking some antibiotics to deal with the sinus infection. We'd have no problem with that. But we attach for some reason a stigma to somebody who's got to go to the doctor and says, I'm dealing with depression and I'm dealing with anxiety and I need some help. Can can you hear what I'm about? It's not a sin to be sick. It is not a sin to be sick. Those are real conditions, real things that we struggle with and seasons that we go through. It's not a sin to be sick, but it's probably a sin to do nothing about it. Okay? If if that's you and that's what you're going through in this season, please listen to what I'm about to say. Ask for help. Ask for help. And, And I say this as somebody who's been there. God will meet you. He will meet you in your sadness and your brokenness. That's the kind of God we serve. That's how good our God is. God will meet you in your sadness and your brokenness. Some of y'all might be looking at your situation right now and just saying, I just feel like I'm a mess. I mean, if you knew what was going on on the inside, I, I am an absolute mess right now. I feel so depressed. I feel so sad. And I have no reason to feel that way. I just feel, I feel like i please hear me. You might feel like a mess. But the God that we serve is so good at taking people who are going through a mess and turning that mess into a message. And that message might be the liberation for somebody else, not just you. You, you might say, I just feel like, God, uh, I feel like this is the biggest test that I've ever walked through. It just feels so weighty. It feels so difficult. It feels so dark. We serve the God who is good at taking our tests and turning them into a testimony. Have you been missing God in the darkness? And lastly, have you been missing God in because you're not listening to him. Have you been missing God because you're not listening to him? It, 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 maybe you, you even know what God wants you to do, but you've been saying, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna forgive. I'm not gonna give grace. I'm not gonna let go of that. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep leveraging judgment. I'm gonna keep being harsh. I'm gonna keep all of the, keep doing it your way. Here's the problem. If you do it your way, the end result in your life is in your hands. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest about who I am. I'm not smart enough. I don't want the end result of my life in my hands. I want to trust it into God's hands. But if I'm gonna trust the end result of my life into God's hands, I've got to do it God's way. There's a problem with my way. And it's real simple. The problem is that you are not perfect. Now we even had t-shirts printed one time like no perfect people allowed right I mean that's like a, a mantra but here's the problem with this and Darius Daniels Dr. Darius Daniels does a good job of explaining this that when we say we are not perfect that means everything about who we are is not perfect I have never loved perfectly I have never helped someone perfectly I will never preach a perfect message there is nothing about me that is perfect And if I'm not perfect... Why, if I even understand that about myself, why am I going to try to do it my way? God is so perfect that He can use your imperfections to accomplish His perfect will. God can get you in a place where even you took all the wrong turns, but somehow you still end up at the right location. That's how good God is, because even in the middle of our brokenness and our mess God shows up that's the message of Christmas at Christmas God shows up and I don't know where you are today maybe right now you're just trudging through life and you need God to show up in your ordinary maybe it's felt dark and broken and messy and right now you need God to show up in your darkness maybe you've been doing life your own way And you feel how broken and busted and lost that is. And right now, you need God to show up and get you back on the right path as you follow your loving creator who designed a life specifically for you that is good. Right now, where you are, let's invite God to show up in our lives.